back. You're listening to the Backups Baseball Show, the best Austin P baseball podcast in the country. I'm your host, Blaine Keller. Today, we'll be recapping the Backups inaugural series win at Raymond Seahan Park over Eastern Michigan. Senior pitcher Tyler Thompson will join the show, and I'll be giving an in-depth look at what's ahead for the Governors. To begin today's show, the Govs emerged victorious from a three-game set against the Eastern Michigan Eagles this past weekend, losing their home opener 16-8, a late loss for Austin P. in that home opener. But none of that matters because the Governors took care of business in the final two games. TJ Foreman played hero in the Saturday nightcap, delivering a go-ahead two-run single in the eighth inning to give the Govs the lead and later on the win. Foreman impressed in his APSU debut, going 3 of 6 from the plate in his two games played. As for Sunday's game, the Governors took care of business late once again, keeping it close with Eastern through the fifth inning. A tie game at 6 through there, but shortstop Bobby Head broke open the game with a two-run shot into the clouds, giving the Govs an 8-6 lead. Reliever Kyle Nunn, who may just be a pitcher to watch out for early on in the season, shut down the Eagles over the next three innings, all but sealing the deal for the series. None looked like the best pitcher all weekend for Austin P, throwing for four innings while allowing two runs on four hits. None pounded the fastball early on, but also included some off-speed action with a well-timed changeup and the occasional slider to keep the hitters honest. The backups can close the book on the first series of 2020 with a win, which means we can close the book on this monologue and get to the good stuff. Senior pitcher Tyler Thompson will join the set. Up next, we'll talk about some bacon-based baseball, pitching against Vanderbilt, marriage, and mental preparation when it comes to pitching. Don't miss it on the Backups Baseball Show. Back on the Back of Baseball Show, Blaine Keller here with senior pitcher Tyler Thompson, current engagee, engaged this December. Uh, go ahead and tell us about that. You know, what was, did you have some elaborate proposal in place or, well, let's get right into it. You know, I was planning on just doing something special, obviously, because it's such a special day. So I kind of, you know, I just thought about it, put some time into it, and wanted to have some family and friends of ours you know, kind of getting a background of, you know, one of the pictures because we were going to take a couple pictures. So it actually worked out perfect. We were, we went to this old grist mill in the stream and took some pictures and then we sat on a bench and then behind the bench was a hill with some woods and in the background, my um, friends and family could, you know, could get back there and stand and watch it. So we took, the photographer took some pictures and, and then I called her up and said, you know, like, look in the background, like, look at all those people up there. And she was, you know, she was confused at, like, mm-hmm. who it was at first. Right. Um, and then she finally saw, the first person that she saw was her dad. Uh-huh. Um, so then she was kind of just still confused on what was going on. And then when she turned back around, that's, you know, when I started talking to her and got down on her knees. So 
Well, I mean, she said yes, so that worked out. Yeah. Were, were you nervous? I mean, you've pitched in some big games in your career. I don't know if that correlates to proposing to your future fiance, but were there any nerves going into yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. There definitely was. You know, it was hard to sleep, actually, some yeah. nights just because I would stay up, you know, so excited thinking about it. But, you know, I kept it cool, you know, the whole day up until about when we got on the bench. So, you know, we spent, you know, 30 to 45 minutes taking pictures. But then as soon as we walked up to the bench where it happened, I got, I got kind of nervous right then. But How long did you plan that for? I probably knew about a week before. But, you know, I just kept thinking about, you know, something that would be really cool. And I tried to think about what she, like how she envisioned it and what she wanted from it. And she wanted me to kind of just come up with it on my own. And she had always mentioned that she wanted to take those pictures. So I thought that would be a cool way to, to kind of ask her. So You played summer ball with the Macon Bacon this summer, based in Georgia. Killer name for a baseball team. I mean, last week I talked about the Jacksonville Dolphins. You know, you guys are yeah. playing against the Dolphins in a couple of weeks. But the Macon Bacon might take, you know, the trophy for the best mascot name. Outside of the governors, of course. But you pitched with Ryan Koba, teammate of yours here at APSU. The Bacon play in the Coastal Plain League and have produced significant alums such as Russell Wilson. Not a bad baseball player, but obviously known for his work with the Seahawks in Seattle. And Justin Verlander, Cy Young winner, MVP. What was the experience like playing in a league with names, you know, graduated such as that and having a fellow governor alongside you to do so? Yeah, you know, it's always cool because you go to these places in the summer and you don't know much about where you're going, but you soon start to realize what it's all about when you get there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they have posters of, of guys that have played there that are in the big leagues now that have been already um, retired and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see the culture of, you know, those that have come before you and see kind of what has been built up, you know, to when you get there. So that's really cool. And then, you know, playing alongside Koba, you know, we're really good, really close, we're good friends. So that was also another cool experience to be able to go and, you know, put in some good work, you know, learn more about the game and meet new friends, which is always a really cool thing to do in the summer. So that summer this season for Macon was a bit of a different one for you. Pitched in relief, six appearances, posting a 1-4-2 ERA in those games, but boasted an impressive seven strikeouts per nine innings from the bullpen. You started eight of 23 games for Austin P last year as a junior. You've already got one start under your belt for this year. How do you think the fluctuation of different roles starting in relief, you know, different roles throughout a game have benefited you in your career as a pitcher? Yeah, you know, people like to say they want to get into a routine and stuff like that and get comfortable, but that's not always, sometimes that lets you like think too much about like mm. what's coming up. So yeah. uh, I think it was cool to be able to go in and not necessarily know what situations you were going to be put in and just kind of go out there and just have fun and enjoy it and mm -hmm. compete against, you know, players. So that's something that I just tried to do in, in making was just soak it all up and have fun and compete. Were you expecting to start when you got there for the summer? Did you know your role going into that? or I didn't know exactly my role. I wanted to focus on being more consistent mm, in whichever yeah. role it was. You know, having um, just consistency with baseball is what's key. I mean, it's really important to have good consistency. So that's really what I strive to do up there. And um, I, was, I was pretty consistent. And I had a lot of success, so it was fun. I think I think that summer really going back 
to your junior season into the summer really speaks to that consistency and that success that you're talking about. Last year was the best season for you as a governor, ERA-wise, and it was good enough to get you listed on the MLB Draft Center Tracker come last summer. What was your reaction seeing your name on that list of players that could potentially begin a career in professional baseball? What was that experience like? Yeah, you know, it's a blessing, you know, just to get your name out there. But it doesn't really mean anything as far as, you know, you haven't proved anything. So I just, I'm humbleized by it, and uh, it makes me work harder and try to try to reach that goal of mine. I mean, it, it's exciting to know that, you know, those scouts are know of me and are, you know, coming to possibly watch me play in some games, which is also cool. But, I mean, it just makes me want to work harder and, and reach that goal a lot more. Were you expecting to hear your name this summer? Obviously, you're more focused on making, you know, playing in that summer league. But during that draft, were you envisioning your name getting called, you know, in the later rounds? Or what, what were your thoughts going into that? I didn't really know what happened. I didn't think I had um, a good enough season to go. I thought maybe the late rounds. But, you know, it, it's, all, it's really cool just to know that there's always a little bit of an opportunity, even if, you know, you still have another year to play. So it's really cool just knowing that. So let's, let's go to that, that last season. Let's look back at that. You're a Knoxville guy, like I said, from Hardin Valley Academy. Talk about getting the opportunity not only to start against three SEC schools last year in Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and hometown for you, Tennessee, you know, getting to play at Knoxville, but to take away a win from one of those guys in number one ranked Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's, I mean, that game is one that I'm pretty sure the whole team will remember. It's always really cool to go up and play against the number one team in the nation. Most people don't even get that opportunity. So that's also really cool. And then to come away with a victory is it's unbelievable, really, um, with a mid-major taking down the number one team. At the start, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was really nervous. I had a lot of confidence going in. Like, I noticed I was going to pitch three days um, before, so I was just trying to prep mentally and just try to, like, you know, calm down about it and not really stress about it so much. And, you know, it, it gave me a lot of confidence going in, and I knew if I just pitched the way I could, um, I would have success and help my team any way I could and give them a chance to win. And, that, yeah, that's what happened. For you personally, did you enjoy the moment more winning against number one Vanderbilt and extras? Obviously, that's, you know, a milestone for you and for this organization. Did it mean more to pitch in Knoxville, you know, to pitch at UT last year with probably a huge homecoming for you that game, I'm sure? Yeah, you know, they were both really cool. You know, I played at UT before, so... You know, I know the layout of the land. I pitched there in high school and stuff like that. So pitching in Vandy and winning that game was actually probably a lot cooler. Just because, you know, you don't get to play the number one team in the country very often, if ever. So going in there and kind of competing with them and coming away with a victory is really cool. But also pitching at UT was, you know, was a game that I also will never forget because I pitched against... Uh, Will Neely, who actually was a starter of that game, and he played in high school with me too. So it was cool that we, we got to compete against each other, you know, and my family and a bunch of my friends were at the game, you know, watching us. So that's also a really cool experience, and it's also one that I won't forget. Going back to that game at Hawkins Field, describe the atmosphere after winning that game in extras, what was the locker room like? I mean, even the drive home, Coach Jansen, I'm sure you, you said that all the guys stick with it. I'm sure it's as fresh on your mind as yesterday. 
Yeah, you know what? It was crazy because Coach Jansen actually got uh, ejected. So you know, he was, I think he was he was definitely backing up one of our players at the time. Mm. And um, when he got ejected, that definitely just gave us more fuel and just you know kind of fired us up a little bit. And uh, I don't, we pulled it out, and um, you know we obviously were fired up when we ran onto the field, you know, to shake hands and everything. You know, we picked up the field or whatever, picked up our stuff, and you know walked back to the bus because you know we don't have a locker room or whatever. right right so you know we got our food and you know we were all fired up still on the bus and you know our fans were you know out there waiting in front of the bus shaking our hands and giving us hugs and stuff you know everybody's just smiling ear to ear it's it's just a really cool experience and it was it was one that's really unforgettable unforgettable like your year last year i would say your best is a governor as i mentioned earlier your junior year your era has improved every season that you've been here what do you think the key to that has been um like i said just consistency as you grow up and you get older and the more you play the more you learn about the game you learn ins and outs you know what pitches to throw in certain situations what hitters are looking for in certain situations so just learning about that and taking the game in um, obviously helps a lot. And I think that's that's a big key is just learning that type of stuff to give you success. Also worked a lot in the fall mentally wise. You know, Crawford, which is one of our pitching coaches last year, you know, talked a lot about how much you practice mentally and physically and how much of baseball is mentally versus physically. And, you know, he mentioned the percentage of like how much of baseball is mental and he said, you know, you know, 30% or whatever. And he was like, well, do you train your mind 30% of your time? Hmm. And that stuck with me because I've never really done that. So, you know, I started to meditate or whatever and just go through scenarios in my mind of me having success. Um, so, you know, I, I did that at Bandy. Uh, I knew that what their field looked like. So the night before, I walk through that in my mind. And, you know, I walk through what color jersey they might have on. You know, the fans and the stands. And just mentally prepared myself to have success on the field before I was even there. So that helped a lot. So when I got there, that also gave me confidence because I had already walked through in my head what it was going to look like, how it was going to be, what my body was going to feel like. So that's just another thing that I've taken with me every outing to just kind of help prepare me and to help give me confidence. So this may sound like a, a dumb question on my part, but the mental preparation that you're talking about, how, how long do you spend meditating weekly? I mean, even before Sunday's game against Eastern Michigan, what, what was that mental preparation like? Can you walk me through that process? Yeah, so it's weird, but I like to do it when I'm taking a shower. So <laughs> I'll kind of just let the water run over me and just kind of close my eyes and think, just like walk myself through, you know, the games. I'll act like I'm an announcer, and obviously, you know, now starting Austin P, right-handed pitcher Tyler Thompson from Knoxville. So that's kind of how I'll go about it. And, you know, I'll just talk through my head, and, you know, Thompson delivers the first pitch, strike one. Just throwing scenarios out there like that to just help, like, give my mind a visual of what's going to happen and help set me up for success. Um, I also like to do it right before I go to bed, so I'll turn off the lights and just, you know, take nice and deep breaths just to, you know, slow my heart rate down. And I'll just do the same thing and just do different techniques to kind of help just put you in, put you in a spot to be successful.
That's so interesting. I've never really heard that much about the mental preparation from a pitcher's standpoint. You talked about your former pitching coach teaching you that, the 30% mental preparation. You've got a new coach in Trevor Fitz this season from Mississippi State. Is there anything different in his approach with you as opposed to the other three pitching coaches you've had in your career? Yeah, no, I think all the pitching coaches that we've had have been different, obviously, but, you know, I've always I've enjoyed all three of their time so far. You know, Trevor Fitz is a guy who had just got here, you know, um, Christmas break, or actually not even Christmas break, like three weeks ago, if that, maybe. So he's still coming in and trying to get to know every pitcher, and um, I'm sure he doesn't want to step on anybody's feet because he doesn't want to tell them what to do because he doesn't fully know how they pitch and how they work yet. So he's just tried to challenge us and talk to us about what we think is going on. You know, his big thing is if I tell you everything to do, then you're never going to be able to tell yourself. Mm. And that's something that stuck with me with what he's told me is it's always good to to kind of walk through it in, in your head and figure out what you think went wrong, how you think you can correct it instead of having somebody always tell you the answer to it. Do you think that's something that the previous coaches, pitching coaches, even head coaches have displayed over the years, or is that something new brought into this program? I obviously think all coaches do that to an extent. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they're not going to coach you, but they're not going to tell you, you know, you're doing this wrong and how to fix it every single time. Right. They might, if you keep doing it repeatedly, repeatedly keep messing up, they're obviously going to mention it to you and how to correct it. But they're not going to tell you every little thing because they're not going to always be there. They're not always going to be able to make you swing at that pitch in the game or make you throw that pitch the right way in the game. So I think that helps players learn how to execute that in game situations. So you started this past Sunday, played a big role in taking the opening series from Eastern Michigan in that rubber match. I know it's a small sample size, but going into the Mule Mix Classic this weekend, What's been different for you so far in this semester? You know, I have an internship with the YMCA, so my days aren't very busy. I don't have classes to go to or anything like that. So I kind of just, you know, hang out, talk to people, job shadow, try to learn stuff um, every day there. So I come to the field and I'm excited to get there. And I, I just think, I told myself before the year even started that I just want to enjoy, you know, this year with the teammates that, we, that I have. And the coaches that I have because it goes by so fast mm -hmm. so just soaking everything up every day you know just talking to all the teammates asking them how their day has been going just trying to smile and bring good energy to the game I think that translates to game days when you have good energy and you work certain ways it just brings a good energy to the game and it helps you perform and I've just tried to relax and I feel more comfortable and more consistent and it's just giving me a lot more confidence to attack every day. Tyler Thompson talking about energy, excitement, preparation, and consistency. Former Bacon Man, future husband. Huge thanks to you for joining the show today. Yeah, thank you. When we come back, a deeper dive into that Mule Mix Classic this weekend and what's to come after that for Austin P. Baseball. You're listening to the Back Govs Baseball Show.
fantastic interview with Tyler Thompson today. A great guy, and I can't wait to see what he does this season. Although I'm not a betting man, I'd be willing to put money that Thompson starts Sunday in the Mule Mix Classic against the Evansville Purple Aces. Before we get into Thompson's start and the matchup in the final game of the tournament, let's look at Thursday's game. As I mentioned just a week ago, the Governors will face off against Missouri State on Thursday, Sanford on Friday, Bradley on Saturday, and close out the tournament against Evansville on Sunday. Looking at Thursday's matchup, the Bears of Missouri State took two of three in their opening series at Central Arkansas. An interesting series there. Bears versus Bears. Logan Wiley seems to be the guy that should take the mound for Thursday's game. The Missouri Valley Pitcher of the Week posted seven innings of shutout baseball on Valentine's Day, picking up the victory in a 1-0 ball game. It will seemingly be Austin Peay's high-powered offense versus the repertoire of Missouri State. The Bears only scored nine times on the weekend, as opposed to the 28 of the backups. Conversely, Central Arkansas was only able to play seven base runners in the three-game series, as the pitching staff for the Governors allowed 25 earned runs against Eastern Michigan. As for Friday's game, the Bulldogs of Sanford swept their first series of 2020, thwarting UNC Asheville in all three games. The Bulldogs outscored the Bulldogs of Asheville. You can't make this stuff up. Two consecutive teams who played against a team with the same mascot in the opening weekend. They outscored Asheville 35-11 to in that opening series. First pitch for Friday is set at 3 p.m. Sanford was expected to face off against yet another Bulldog-oriented team in number 9th ranked Mississippi State on Tuesday, but the game was canceled due to inclement weather. The Braves of Bradley broke that nice streak of facing off against schools with the same name in the opening weekend and suffered punishment for such. The Braves traveled to San Antonio, Texas to face Incarnate Word Friday through Sunday and were defeated in all three contests. Bradley was shut out in their season opener, allowing pitcher Luke Taggart of the Cardinals to score eight scoreless innings, striking out 11 batters in that game. The Braves struck out 27 times at Sullivan Field on the weekend. Despite the Purple Aces being swept at Tennessee Tech Saturday and Sunday, whoever's on the mound in that final game of this series will have their hands full against Evansville. Junior infielder Tanner Craig absolutely tore apart the baseball in Cookville, hitting 8 of 11 on the series with 4 home runs, 7 runs batted in, and 3 walks. Craig's effort yielded one of 10 spots on the Collegiate Baseball National Player of the Week. No matter the outcome of the four-game set, this weekend at Raymond Seahan Park will be filled with exciting baseball. It all starts Thursday at 3. You don't want to miss it. The Governors will have a quick turnaround following the weekend, hosting Western Kentucky on Tuesday, February 25th, before traveling to Jacksonville for a three-game road trip. That about wraps up this second edition of the Backups Baseball Show. Thank you so much for your support and for continuing to listen. This has been Blank Keller for Austin P. Baseball. Remember, let's go P and let's go Backups.
Saying don't go, you were looking at me while saying just go home and 